When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No brakes, no brakes, no fear, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along to another week in British Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and in this week's episode, we speak to the team manager of the side currently leading the way in the Sports Insure Premiership, and a guy that's also getting ready to lead his country into battle in the Monster Energy FIM Speedway World Cup. Mark Lemon is our guest off the back of a controversial evening at the National Speedway Stadium on Monday. Yeah, as, as a referee, it's a statement of fact. His decision stands. Um, there's no argument, but... Um you know, certainly like, he should be questioned um, to explain the decision. It was another win for the Leicester Lions. We hear from Max Frick. The track was a little bit different today and I think caught a couple of boys out, but um, you know, we pulled it back in the end and uh, finished off strong, so it was good to see. And meanwhile at Monmore, it was super heat time between the Wolverhampton Wolves and the Peterborough Panthers, who couldn't be separated after 15 heats. Pete actually said to us before the meeting that this should be easy, but... I had to remind him that none of them are easy and, uh, you know, they've actually got a good team. Next week, it is the Speedway World Cup. Much more chat about that with Mark Lemon and also with Great Britain joint team manager Ollie Allen. I, I, I think in general, even if it wasn't a, a, a home track for a couple of our riders, I, I think it's a good, fair racetrack. All of that to come in part two. And we also hear from a couple of the Peterborough Panthers stars, Niels Christian Everson and Ben Cook. And from the Cab Direct Championship, Paul Stark of the Birmingham Brummies. All this and more on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Big week ahead in Speedway as we get ready for the Monster Energy FIM Speedway World Cup. And we have the reigning champion of that with us, Mark Lemon. But first of all, we're going to ask him to put his Bellevue hat on because we're going to start at the National Speedway Stadium where, well, you may have seen it last night. All the action was happening in Manchester as the Aces kept the ball rolling at the top of the Sports Insure Premiership with a hard-fought 49-41 win over Ipswich at the National Speedway Stadium. Into the last lap, the Bellevue Aces on a huge 5-1 which will clinch the result on the evening. So, it off! One last blast now. Round the outside. Wright's going to win the race. It's all about second place. Brennan's Richard I tell you what, Brennan rode well there. The Aces taking all three points from the meeting. They were made to work for their win in an eventful contest, though. The points only being secured in the penultimate race. Also drama in Heat 13 when Grand Prix stars Jason Doyle and Dan Bewley clashed, with the Ipswich number one being disqualified. The home man went down at the start of the last lap. Charles Wright and Tom Brennan racing to a 5-1 over tactical substitute Emil Saifutinov to clinch the points before a consolation maximum to the Witches in the finale. First of all, let's hear the thoughts of the losing team manager then. Chris Louie was the stand-in team manager for the evening and he's been speaking to Scott Nichols on Eurosport. Tough night for you boys. You knew how important it was to get a result. You hung in there, just it didn't quite happen towards the end of the meeting. Yeah, you know, Heat 12 really undone us, I think. Um, 
obviously Jason's exclusion didn't help. Um, you know, it's a decision I expected. I, I feel his frustration because, you know, he's been on the other end of that so many times this year. So uh, I can understand why he's so frustrated. But, uh, yeah, you know, proud of the lads. They hung in there. They gave it a good go. It's a tough place to come. Um, I just hope for a decent finish here in Heat 15. It is, but sometimes just the luck of the draw just doesn't go with you. And for Jason there, like you said, it was a, a tough call. It could have gone either way. Yeah, you know, the luck went both ways. Um, Damon Lidsey had a breakdown in one, which cost them. And uh, obviously that decision. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. Well, it's Chris Louie, the uh, Ipswich co-promoter, but also the uh, stand-in team manager for the Witches last night. And uh, on the opposite side of the pits, of course, the Bellevue Aces led by Mark Lemon. I'm pleased to say Mark Lemon joins us right now on No Breaks, No Fear. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Um, it was um, it was a good night for the Bellevue Aces once again. Another big win. Um, certainly extends your lead at the top of the table. I think pretty much secure now as far as the playoffs are concerned but it wasn't all plain sailing in the pits was it no it, it wasn't um you know it was long obviously probably a little bit uh, wounded from our victory down there last thursday um you know the, the fans turned out and you know in plenty and you know, they were quite you know an ecstatic crowd at the same time um you know witness a very but yeah it, it didn't go our way from the, the beginning we had many uh you know bike problems uh, the mechanics certainly own their key in the pits um, and sort of, you know, a few of the boys were getting pretty frustrated because you know, things weren't going so good. And it was a concern for me as a manager. I thought, you know, this could be a bit of a banana skin moment. But uh, uh, as it sort of eventually panned out, in their bikes got, you know, settled down and, um, you know, it was sort of playing sailing at the end. And obviously we had a few exclusions, so we had a, a buffer up our sleeves. But, you know, Ipswich pushed us. Um, you know, it was great to see Emma Fudinoff in fine form. Um, you know, I think his box office and, uh, you yeah, and Jason Doyle, obviously the same, you know, headline act there, but, uh, he didn't have the best tonight, but, you know, to win that clinch probably a, a playoffs. I mean, mathematically it is possible for it switch to sort of, you know, you know, knock us out, but, um, yeah, realistically, we're, we're playoff bound. The start of this season, I remember talking at the end of last season when we last spoke, I think, but also um, spoken with Kelvin Tatum, and he said at the start of this season that the big question mark for, for Bellevue would be how they move into a, another season having had to make some changes to the lineup because you're not going with exactly the same seven that you finished last year with. And there was always perhaps that question mark of can you kick on and, and keep that momentum going with a few different guys in there. But it, it really relied on the likes of Tom Brennan and, and Jamin Lidsey stepping up to the plate. And they've definitely done that now when we're seeing that. And I think you said uh, Tom Brennan's coming of age in this last sort of couple of months. And, and you must be pleased to see that that hope become reality that these riders can, can step up a notch now and, and carry you through. Yeah, I guess you look back, The sort of the program probably started back in 2019. Uh, you know, Dan Bewley, just a youngster coming through the, from the Colts. We, we drafted in Jamin Lindsay. Um, and, you know, that, that particular year we missed out on the playoffs. But the, the, the bigger version, the bigger picture was obviously to develop these riders as club assets and, uh, you know, build you know, a team for the future. And obviously with the Rising Star program came into itself, uh, Tom Brennan has just come on leaps and bounds, and it's, you know it's just a, a real credit to him how he's developed and matured, and you know some composure on the on the motorcycle. Um, but yeah, I, I think with the culture we have here in Bellevue, you know, eight years, you know, it's definitely you know the mindset's changed. Uh, when I first probably came here, you know, we were pretty 
happy to win a meeting and definitely happy to win one on the road where now we, we feel the next win. Uh, but that comes pressure. Uh, but happy to, you know, now that the monkey's off the back with a, a league title, you know, happy to take on the pressure. And um, boys as a, a collective, you know, are really sort of, you know, stepping up this year. Uh, better than I probably probably anticipated. Um, but, you know, when you build a team at the start of the season, you know, that's what you hope for. But, uh, you know, a little bit of, bit of work to, to continue, uh, you know, the form um, into the playoffs. So. You were on the wrong end of some refereeing decisions uh, you won the meeting of course over uh, Ipswich at the National Speedway Stadium but of course on, on TV uh, everybody is able to see these um, replays the referee is able to see the replays but were you surprised at some of the decisions that went against you on Monday night I think particularly I know the meeting was already won but that that um, disqualification for Charles Wright in Heat 15 has probably left people with the the most head scratching there and, and Charles Wright has, himself has has vented his thoughts on, on social media regarding the situation but I mean he's just he, I think he's agreed obviously it costs him money doesn't it it costs him points and money and uh, the the result is is inconsequential of that decision but nonetheless it was pretty Pretty harsh, I think, is is the word that uh, or the phrase that uh, that Kelvin used. Yeah, I think a lot of us were quite bewildered by that decision. Um, the first instance, you know, I, there may may have been some movement, but you know, you, you know as, as a referee, it's a statement of fact. His decision stands. Um, there's no argument, but um, you know, certainly like, he should be questioned um, to explain the decision. But he, he was pretty confident. He saw movement, and the, the rule book states that there should be no movement. But you know, you've got a you know, a free revving motorcycle, you know, huge flywheels. You know, you're, it's sort of you know twelve and a half thousand, thirteen thousand revs underneath you with no suspension. So the vibration, you know, and what you know, is, you know the, the force penetrated through the clutch uh, is, is a lot of energy there to sort of keep a you know a machine still. So real out the reality is that it's challenging to, to stay still on these machines um, and there's potentially going to be some sort of movement but was there an advantage in the movement I, I think that's probably the question the referee nearly probably needs to ask himself um, you know it's passed now we, we move on yeah Ch- Charles is you know, pretty annoyed about it and, and so it cost him money you know these boys are you know, uh, performance-based contracts um, but you know that, that's racing you know you've you got to take the rub of the green sometimes it goes against you it goes goes for you but yeah, you know, I, I think uh, the referee will probably sit back and, and do his own analysis on that, and, and you know, yeah, hopefully he can improve on on, on that in the future. But uh, I guess it all, you know, bands to make an exciting event, you know, a bit of uh, atmos uh, building and controversy uh, doesn't the sport. Yeah, but people like a bit of controversy, doesn't it? it gives people something to talk about and um, sets things up nicely for next time. What did you say to the referee? We saw you on the phone to him. What was your discussion with uh, with Seth? So yeah, we had conversation when that happened when it occurred you know he has his take on it and you know end of the day you know i'm wearing glasses so i suppose i can't comment but um you know a lot of other people sort of had an opinion on that one as well but it didn't deter to the result which is you know nice to get these things right especially when you've got the tv monitors to look at and restudy them and you get a you know more clearer picture of these things but yeah let's not sort of distract from what what a great meeting it was last night and and then the performance of the team so and coming up next for the Aces, it's home and away, or away and at home, actually, with the, the Sheffield Tigers, um, which is your next fixture on Thursday, uh, and then back at the National Speedway Stadium at the end of the month. Um, that's a, a big fixture in the calendar because, of course, early doors in this season, Sheffield did the double over the Aces, so that must be one score that you're looking to settle. But, of course, a, a side who were widely fancied from the start, they look like they, too, are... Uh, 
favourites for the playoffs over Ipswich at this moment in time. And of course, it was the, the side that you had to defeat at Ollerton to, to nail that championship last year. Yeah, true. I mean, at the start of the season, you know, we didn't get off to the best starts. Uh, it was probably quite, you know, you look back 12 months ago, we had the same sort of scenario. Sheffield, you know, it's a long season for any club um, and you, you, you've got to peak at the right time. You know, we're on a roll at the moment. Let's hope we're not peak too soon. Um, but we're, we're sort of very conscious of what's ahead of us. Um, there's a you know, big, big challenge going to Sheffield. You know, I think the way the, the boys are travelling at the moment, you know, I think we can put on a really team there and, and, and run them you know, close. Uh, I don't want to see you and say we're going to win at Sheffield, but because you know, I wouldn't be very disrespectful to them because they're, they're a quality team. But you know, the way things are going, um, you know, it's just, just I think any team that's coming up to get the aces at the moment is going to be up for a challenge and, and we're up for the, the challenge itself. But uh, I think as the, the top four of the playoffs, you know, is probably starting to consolidate itself and, and we can sort of, you know, study the, the other teams really where where we can sort of compare up and match up uh, you know, coming up to the playoffs. Mark Lemon of the Bellevue Aces team manager and CEO of the club. He's going to remain with us because in the second part, we're turning our attention to the Monster Energy Speedway World Cup, which takes place next week. And of course, uh, Mark is also the team manager of the Australian national side as well. So we're talking about the Speedway World Cup and much more from Lemo in the next part. We're just going to round up uh, the other stuff from the rest of the Sports Insure Premiership with uh, Leicester next up, extending their winning run to a club record of seven in succession in the top flight, overcoming Kings Lynn 54-36 at home. Max Frick shattered the track record yet again in heat one, taking well over half a second off his previous best as he reeled off four race wins before being edged out by Nikolai Klint in heat 15. The Stars kept things tight for the first seven races, but then conceded three five ones in four heats, not helped by Simon Lambert's disqualification in heat eight after a clash with Drew Kemp. Frick scored 14 for the Lions, with Richard Lawson adding 11 plus 2 and Chris Harris with 9 plus 1 bonus, while Clint racked up 13 plus 1 for the visitors. We'll hear from Stuart Dixon and David Hoggart in a moment, but uh, first of all, let's hear from the star of the show for the Lions, Max Frick. With me now, Lions number one, Max Frick. Mac, another good performance for the team. It was tough in the first half of the meeting, but the boys pulled together in the second half. Yeah, exactly. The track was a little bit different today and I think caught a couple of boys out, but um, you know, we pulled it back in the end and uh, finished off strong, so it was good to see. Great to see riders like Chris, Jake, um, Drew all getting within the points. Tough night for Troy on his debut, but I'm sure he'll come good in the future. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was doing their part and everyone's chipping in and it's you know, a new track for Troy. I know, you know I've been there and felt that at the start of the season, so I'm sure he'll uh, turn around and once he gets a few laps here and gets some fresh air and learns the track a bit more, he'll be, he'll be um, a big part of our team. You and Sedgy seem to have dialed up this great relationship, certainly in Heats 1. I mean, a couple of 5-1s tonight again. Um, what is it between the two of you that suits each other on the track? I don't know. I think we've ridden together a lot. You know, Sedgy was there at Edinburgh years ago when I was there. So uh, we've we spent a bit of time together over the years and we've been riding well together. So he's been riding great all season and it's good to see. And you was involved in a, a fantastic Heat 15 with Nikolai Clint, who eventually lowered your colours. But both of you gave uh, full action, full beans on the track and it's good to ride against a rider that's pretty safe. Yeah, Nikolai rides his place really well and uh, I really enjoyed that Heat. You know, it's, it's always you know a shame to come away second, but... Uh, Sorry, it was a, it was a great heat by him, and uh, you know I really enjoyed it. I was all over the track, all over the back of him, trying to get past, but uh, he didn't leave me any room. So uh, it was a good fun race. 
And seven wins on the bounce now for the Lions. You go to Kingsland on Thursday, I guess looking for number eight. Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. Every meeting we go to, obviously that's the, the goal, to come away with a win. Um, you know, Kingsland have been, you know, doing better and better. You know, they got, they've been making some team changes and, uh, you know, they, were, they pushed us a lot tonight. So I think Thursday is going to be a tough one, but, uh, you know, we're going to go there and give it our all. Max, another great performance. Congratulations and uh, hopefully see you in the playoffs. Oh, thank you. Yes, but it's certainly been a great season for the Leicester Lions so far, hasn't it? I think uh, certainly outdoing what everybody expected they would do, even at the best case scenario, sitting second in the Sports Insure Premiership as it stands. And a very happy team manager, Stuart Dixon, speaking to Martin Coleman as well. Yeah, we got there in the end, uh, Kings Lynn. Uh, up a good fight. Scoreline maybe flatters us slightly that we won with 18 points. Um, then it didn't look to me that much in it. We we weren't gating tonight, or Kings Lynn were simply out gating us for the first few races. And um, the, you know they, they, they came and, and met us head on. Um, we got into the groove, and uh, as I say, the, the victory on paper looks a bit more comfortable than what it actually was. Yeah. Obviously a tough first night for Troy Bachelet, but you've been able to cover that with the reserves both picking up good points. And people like Harris and Lawson backing up a superstar that you've got in the morning, Max Frick. Yeah, it was. I was actually um, after, he, after heat 11 there was an interval and I was out actually putting a splash of water on the track and I, I was not told that um, Nikolai Clint was in as a tactical because Troy Batchelor would probably have been replaced with Jake Allen that race to counter it so I was a bit annoyed at that not to get told that but um, we, you know, we overcame it and we got there in the end and it was announced tonight obviously a first time seven wins in the top division you'll be going all out to make that eight on Thursday yeah, Thursday always will be tougher, as uh, as David said. You know, Kingsland Riders are used to their track. Um, there's a more solid look about them now. Uh, but um, we got the win tonight, which was, which was pleasing. Um, fingers crossed, the champions, the Riders, Riders Championship come through their meetings on Wednesday, um, and we've got a full squad you know, to go on Thursday. Uh, it'll be a tough meeting. We know it'll be tough, but um, you know we will be going there for a win. That's not being blasé, but um, we will be going there because that's that's the story of our season so far. We've been getting a lot of race wins, but we will need to pick up a wee bit in certain areas on Thursday night if we're going to get anything. Yeah. Leicester having a terrific season home and away and uh, Stuart Dixon touched on there it's uh, the Kingsland Stars back again on Thursday um, back at the Adrian Flux Arena let's hear from the team manager of the Kingsland Stars David Hoggarts reflecting on what might have been it was all going so well until the wheels started to come off after Heat 8 um, I think they did better than a lot of people would give them credit for um, you know if we were going down we were going down fighting tonight um, I think, you know, we gave Leicester a bit of a scare in the first seven or eight races without any shadow of a doubt. Um, it wasn't easy for them at that point. Um, but obviously, you know, Simon uh, got excluded in the heat number eight, which, you know, a bit of hard riding, but I think a more experienced rider might have stayed on. Stuart will probably disagree with me on that one, but, uh, you know, that's Speedway at the end of the day. Um, fair to say that uh, Artem needs to, you know, sort of get used to the British tracks um, I think he could have given a better acquittal of himself tonight particularly you know, in front of the Leicester supporters uh, they've obviously come to see him for the first time and it would have been good if he put up a better show tonight Although the league position shows that you've had a tough season David Heat 15 showed Nikolai Klimt the fight is still there within the team and, and what a great ride to beat Max Rick and Janoma Maximum Yeah I mean Nikolai Klimt is a great captain he's a great rider he rides in uh, three leagues He's, he's busy, 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 and the more rides he gets, the better he gets. Uh, he's a great guy to work with. Uh, you know, we go through the programme together, we choose the changes together. Um, he's, he's very, very good. He likes the track here. 
uh, when he came for the pairs and he scored 22 points, the track was really smooth that night. It was a bit slick, but he loved it. It was smooth. So he was full of confidence tonight. There was a lot more dirt on it tonight than there was for the pairs. He was full of confidence. He was going to give it some tonight, score some points. And you must go into Thursday's return picture with a bit of confidence that if the team can stick in the meeting a bit longer, you've got, got a chance of a win. Well, it's our home track. Um, Artem's, you know, goes well round there, so I would, I'd like to think he'd be back into double figures. Uh, we've got Rorish Line as a guest, who's pretty good round Kingsland as well. So, again, on paper, it looks like we're there or thereabouts. Everybody knows it's a tough season for Kingsland. We're not shying away from that. But we're not doing nothing about it. We are working away in the background, trying to come up with some solution, some solutions, so that we can get better results as time goes by. Well, it was a very close one at Monmore Green, where Wolverhampton edged out Peterborough after the bottom club pulled off a major shock by taking the meeting all the way to a superheat. The sides drew 45 all after 15 races before home duo Sam Masters and Rory Schlein got the better of Niels Christian Everson and Ben Cook in the decider. The visitors had led for most of the meeting before Wolves drew level in heat 13. Two shared heats followed with Schlein falling in heat 15 as Masters took the win but the home men were fast starting in the decider masters with 10 plus 2 steve worrell on 10 top scoring for the wolves whilst ben cook impressed with 10 plus 3 for the panthers and everson picked up uh, 10 rising star jordan jenkins notching 9 plus 1 as the visitors came away with uh, still one league point we will hear from rory schlein and ben cook in a moment first of all the thoughts of uh, peter adams the wolves team boss speaking with mike taylor from bbc radio WM. Peter, that was a lot harder work than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah, me included. You know, I think we had a chat before uh, the start of the meeting and uh, I genuinely thought that you know, these meetings are not exactly <laughs> a walk in the park, you know, but we were expecting uh, a much more clear-cut victory than that. Was it just one of those things or collection of circumstances? There were one or two contentious calls in the first half of the meeting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had a few mishaps early on and so we were, uh, weren't were able to sort of get on top of the opposition as we normally can. Uh, but credit to Peterborough, you know, they rode very well. And a couple of their riders who were very poor when they were last here came to the party tonight and I think um, well, that obviously made the difference for them. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we've um, retained our uh, unbeaten home record. We've got the two points that we would have done even if we'd have won by 30 points. So uh, it's all good. Yes, and for the second week running, your team's managed to get out of a sticky situation, which is another good trait. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit concerning, really, that we're not consistently dominant here. You know, some days we are, some days we're not. But um, today we weren't and we nearly paid the price, but um, we didn't and we got the two points that, as I say, we would have done no matter what the, the winning margin was. Uh, Luke is back and once he dialed himself back in, seemed to be going quite well in the second half of the meeting. Yeah, he's still got a bit of trouble with that little finger on his left hand. He can't bend that very well, so that's um, impeding his clutch you know, technique at the start of a race. But uh, as you say, he, uh, he found it near the end and it's a good job he did. Well, it is. And, I mean, Rory, you talked at the start of the year about Rory, still, the fire still burning in him. And I think we saw it a bit tonight, didn't we? Especially after that incident that saw him uh, disqualified. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had a good night, you know. And you, In situations like that, it's always best, I think, to go with experience, you know. And um, 
you can't get two more experienced guys than Sam and Rory and yet again you know they uh, they pulled it off when it really mattered Wolves team manager Peter Adams speaking to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM uh, Pete Adams there at the start of that uh, talking about the chat that the, the team had beforehand um, did they underestimate the Peterborough Panthers did Peterborough catch them out slightly to start with here's Sam Masters well, Sam Masters in tonight's programme notes Peter Adams said this was a potential banana skin and very almost yeah, he, uh, Pete actually said to us before the meeting that this should be easy, but I had to remind him that none of them are easy. And, uh, you know, they've actually got a good team. Why they've been struggling, I don't know. Maybe a few injuries, or I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, they've got a strong team and they pushed us tonight, obviously. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of, uh, I don't know, what do you say? The, the track caught us out a little bit, to be honest, and at times. Um, but you know Zach's been re- really good for us down at reserve today, and he's had a bit of a, he's been injured, obviously a big smash last week, and uh, yeah, he, normally he's scoring double figures, and tonight when you reserve, you doesn't do that, and you're used to it, it makes it a little bit hard. So uh, he'll be back. He, uh, you know, I'm actually glad he's even riding. Yeah. Uh, along the way, a couple of decisions which didn't go the Wolves' way when uh, Ryan Douglas and, and Rory Schlein hit the deck. What what was the team's take on those? Yeah, I think that first, again, yeah, about a couple of bad decisions against us. Uh, he, he did get his front wheel taken out. Last week was the same. We uh, first There's a real cool first corner bunching, but sometimes they don't use it, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, a bit of bad luck there too, but that's uh, the way it goes. Like you say, in the end, it's it's two points added nevertheless. Just a, a bit of extra drama and excitement for the supporters, but um, obviously yourself going out doing the job in both. But for Rory to, to pick himself up off the off the dirt in 8.15 to, to go and get that Super Eat, a big moment for him. Yeah, he was fast all night, Rory. He's really, uh, he, yeah, really quick today. So, uh, yeah, just a bit of a mistake, obviously, in 13. But, uh, yeah, he redeemed himself in 8.15 and um, we got the job done. So it would have been nice to win the meeting instead of a draw, but... We battle on. Yeah, and with a couple of away meetings now, the next two Mondays at Sheffield and Peterborough, three weeks till you're back here against Leicester, it was important to, to add some points to the tally tonight. Yeah, that's right. We, we've got to try and aim on winning all our home meetings and try and pick up a few on the road. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but we'll battle on. Sam, well done to you in the walls. Cheers. Well, Rory Schlein for, for the second week running here at Monma Green. That was certainly a, a tense night to Speedway. Yeah, it's obviously not the way we, we imagined it or planned it, but... Sometimes, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta get stuck in and look. We can overanalyze it and say where we went wrong or did this or we just got the two points. So I think that's all that matters. I think. Yeah, it just goes to show you can never underestimate anyone in Speedway. Like I say, Peter, a terrible record on the road. You with a hundred percent record here, but it goes to show where anything can happen on the night. Yeah, pretty much. Um, definitely had a little bit of bad luck. A few decisions went against us, but you know you got to take them, take the good with the bad and. Um, yeah, like, I, th- I think, you know, we definitely weren't firing on all cylinders. Uh, Dougie had some bad luck, you know, he just couldn't get dialed in. Luke was, you know, he's obviously come back from injuries. Zach, you know, still battered and bruised. So we weren't firing on all cylinders. So, you know, to get the points, that's all that matters. So that's how we, get, that's how we have to look at it. The guys will only get better, you know, who have been off and obviously a bit battered and bruised and, and um, it'll, be, it'll be a different story next time. You mentioned a couple of the decisions which seemed to split opinion on the terraces there. One involved yourself with Benjamin Basso in Heat 7, I think it was. Um, what, what, was your, what was your take on it and, and how did you see it from your point of view? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was told that he, he, didn't, he didn't change his line. Um, 
Uh, how are you guys from the inside going into the corner and then we're three quarters of the way up coming off the corner? Find that hard to believe how he hasn't changed his line. So, um, look, the referee's seen it another way. Um, he made a call. You know, I just think it was a bad one. Yeah, like you say, went down to Elastic Decider. You obviously had uh, came off in that one on the back straight as well. But to pick yourself up, dust yourself down and, and go out and win that Supede for the team, a, a great amount of character there. Yeah, we, we, you know, gate three wasn't great, so we made a, an aggressive change and wasn't it, wasn't expecting it to be that aggressive and it caught me out. Um, just lucky I didn't, I didn't collect anyone and um, got it laid down. But, you know, it, it hurt us a little bit. But made another change was better for, for, for obviously, the, the race-off. And, uh, yeah, me and Sammy, you know, sealed the deal. And like you say, three weeks till the next home meeting, two away meetings coming against Sheffield and Peter Brunner. So, like you say, well, it was crucial to, to get those two points again here tonight. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, we want to try and keep this home record going. And uh, so we're happy with that. Um, yeah, just two points on the board. That's how we're going to look at it. Well, a point on the board for the Peterborough Panthers is uh, certainly a welcome point. They've been hard to come by so far this season. Let's hear from the two top scorers for the Panthers at Monmore Green. In a moment, we'll hear from Ben Cook. But first of all, here's Niels Christian Everson. Well, Niels, I know there's some uh, initial disappointment to, to miss out on the superheat. But nevertheless, when you consider the Panthers run on the road this season, that's a, that's a terrific result when you look at it. Yeah, I think the result was good. Uh, obviously, it's a shame that we couldn't we couldn't manage to to get the win. Uh, you know, yeah, we, obviously we lost the super heat, um, but yeah, we lost a few points along the way as well. Um, you know, myself included. I I dropped a couple of points when I finished second, and in reality, uh, with a little bit of yeah, <laughs> clever racing, then I would have probably won the two more two more heats. Uh, but but again, it's it's racing and uh, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's the small uh, small things which makes the difference today. So it's definitely a lot of improving. Um, considered uh, we have been been beaten quite heavily uh, in in meetings uh, lately. So uh, no, there's uh, some positive to to sort of take with us. And not only considering Peterborough's form on the road, but also Wolves' record here at Mama Green as well. You know, they have a it's a it's a typical home track advantage here. Uh, uh, you know, it took it took me a few hits to to get proper settled. Uh, uh, also today, and and you know, obviously when you race here every week, uh, they have home track specialists, and um, you know, it's the way uh, it is to come here. But um, but no, we we did we did uh, we did a good run, and uh, and it was yeah the small things uh, between winning and losing today. And like you say, going to, to Ipswich on Thursday and then there's a, there's a whole host of home meetings still to come as well. So uh, hopefully the, the, this can inspire the Panthers to, to, to end the, the season on some, some, a much more positive note at least. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I think if we, if we take some of this to, to Ipswich, you know, we can might get a good result there too. Uh, they've been struggling a little bit too. Uh, you know, obviously they have the, the strongest top two in the, in the league, but... but uh, I would say the rest of the team we 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 should be able to match. So um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of racing to go. And uh, you know if you can if you can win some meetings uh, on the road, it would be good. But I think uh, you know the home meetings we we should be able to to win uh, when when we start to race uh, more regularly at home. Then uh, we should be able to to pick up better form there too. Yeah, and just very finally on an individual basis, but into double figures tonight, and uh, that that must be a, a massive relief because I know I know some some of your results this season have put, proved to be a, a big frustration for yourself along the way. Yeah, it's been yeah frustrating a few times, but I think. Uh, 
I think lately I, I got 10 points at Leicester as well and uh, even with the exclusion and 12 at Ipswich and so yeah it's been a right uh, it's been a right I sort of feel more dialed into the to the to the different tracks here now and uh, and I think yeah Peterborough should be able to to do produce even better you know the track suits me a lot better there than it does on most away meetings so so yeah hopefully there's better things to come Niels many thanks for speaking to us thank you well Ben Cook I know there's obviously a bit of disappointment after missing out in the superheat but nevertheless the first points on the road for Peterborough and a, a tremendous effort here tonight yeah it was much better from all the boys and uh, a bit better from myself as well uh, last time I was here I got three zeros I think but uh, yeah it was much better tonight from uh, like I said from all of us and no, trying to eliminate those last places and uh, yeah, I think it surprised us all that we could uh, get it to the last seat decider but we just, just missed out but uh, yeah, like, we've got to go back to our place and we've only had about three or four meetings so uh, still a bit to come yet. Yeah, I was going to say, especially with Wolverhampton's 100% record here as well that, that probably makes it even more impressive? Yeah, for sure. Uh, these boys are good around here, they've done plenty of laps and uh, yeah, like I said, it was good to get it close, but it would have been nice to get the win, but I'm sure it'll happen. And while the points haven't been coming, the, the boys have been sticking together, sticking with that belief that they will pick up wins between uh, now and the end of the season. And like I say, there was a, a real team camaraderie in the pits tonight. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it hasn't been easy this season. We've not had a full team many, many times, but uh, yeah, we're all kind of gelling together a bit now me and Basel at three and four you know tonight had a good partnership and if we can continue that you know who knows what could happen yeah and like you say for, for yourself uh, you've already touched upon it but does that show your own progression obviously I think you uh, failed to score a point last time you were here earlier in the season so to to do what you've done tonight that's a, a massive step in the right direction yeah it's definitely a confidence booster that's for sure but uh yeah like I said it's a tough track to come to and you know it's only my second time here so the first time's a bit of an eye opener, and uh, but yeah, the second time you it's a you know you, you kind of got a bit more of an idea and uh, got to make starts because it's a tough gig from the back. Ben, well done to you and the boys tonight. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, Ben Cook having another great performance for the Peterborough Panthers this time on the road. So let's have a look at the Sports Insure Premiership table as it stands. Um, the Bellevue Aces lead the way at the top of the table. Um, 19 meetings ridden and 35 points on the board. The Leicester Lions in second place with 13 meetings ridden and 25 points on the board. Leicester can still finish the table at the top, um, but of course they need to win those uh, fixtures, but they're um, certainly laid down the marker for the rest of the teams below them. Um, Wolverhampton Wolves have ridden 15 on 24 points in third. Sheffield are fourth currently. They've ridden 13 meetings and on 20 points. Five points ahead of the Ipswich Witches, who've ridden three more meetings, having ridden 16 and on 15 points. Kingsland Stars are in sixth, 14 ridden and seven points on the board. And the Peterborough Panthers, having so long had two points on the board, now move on to three after 14 meetings. So uh, they've got another one there after that uh, super heat at Monmore. Uh, looking at the fixtures that are coming up uh, over the course of the uh, next few days, uh, well it's a big day on Thursday, we've got uh, six out of seven clubs in action the Sheffield Tigers up against the Bellevue Aces at Olerton on Thursday, Kingsland Stars versus the Leicester Lions the Ipswich Witches versus the Peterborough Panthers, so uh, a busy time in the Sports Insure Premiership with uh, only 
Wolves not in action on Thursday. Um, the rest of the sides are uh, racing. And then on Monday next week, the 24th of July, the Peterborough Panthers versus the Kingsland Stars. The Sheffield Tigers hosting the Wolverhampton Wolves. So uh, Monday night speedway at Olerton, and it's not on the telly. The TV fixture is Peterborough versus Kingsland. But uh, Monday racing at Olerton on the 24th of July, and they're racing this Thursday. So two home fixtures back-to-back for the Sheffield Tigers. Uh, on that note... Here is the Sheffield team manager, Simon Stead, looking ahead to that Roses clash between the Sheffield Tigers and the Bellevue Aces on Thursday. Well, they're, they're, they're always tasty fixtures. So um, one that's got uh, significant importance to, to how the, the league table's stacking up at the moment. Um, we need to continue our, our, our good vein of form. Um, obviously, since, since the, the defeat against Leicester, our form's been really, really good. Um, and we need for that to continue. Um, you know, Bellevue have been sitting pretty up the top for, for quite some time now, but you know they, they've also had a, a significant amount more fixtures than than most of the others. So um, it's time to start chipping away at that um, at that deficit, and um, we can make a good start with that on Thursday. And like you say, the the result against Ipswich last Monday was obviously a, a pretty significant one. But um, had had Thursday's meeting at Peterborough on edge, you had the chance to jump into second, and that shows how, how tight it is up there now. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, th- I think we we all have a really good understanding of how important every single fixture is now. So um, yes, the result against Ipswich on Thursday was. Uh, was really good and um, and significant, but you know that that can always that can be blown out of the water with with a, with a slip up anywhere. Um, so we need to keep our heads down, continue uh, racing and riding together as a team, um, helping each other, and uh, continue our. Uh, way up the table always a, a great crowd for that fixture anyway but like we said because of the form of the two teams probably get a, a few more from, from Manchester coming in uh, it, it's something that, that the club really needs as well at this time of year yeah that's right um, looking forward to it look the, the, it's always a great clash with the, the racing is always always really good uh, you know uh, the, the fans really buy into it don't they it's, it's, uh, and I think the, the riders also understand the importance of that fixture as well you know so uh, we all want the bragging rights um, so uh, let's hope that we can get them. Bellevue Aces then, the visitors at Olerton on Thursday uh, up against the Sheffield Tigers. That War of Roses clash continues for its uh, second part back in Manchester at the end of the month. In between time, we have the FIM Monster Energy Speedway World Cup. And of course, uh, Simon Stead is the Great Britain team manager. We've got um, his partner in crime there, uh, Ollie Allen, joining us in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. And we hear from uh, Mark Lemon, who of course is the team manager of the Australian national team and of course they won the Speedway of Nations last year. So much more with Mark Lemon. We'll hear a bit from Ollie Allen in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. 
Welcome back to No Breaks, No Fear. The spotlight in this section is on the Monster Energy FIM Speedway World Cup, which is finally upon us, and it takes place next week at Roslav in Poland, getting underway on Tuesday and then Wednesday with the two semi-finals as the race off on the Friday, and then the uh, big final events, the World Cup final next Saturday. Now, our main guest in this episode is Mark Lemon, the team manager of Team Australia. We'll hear from Mark in a moment. First of all little snippet of an interview that uh, I've done with Kelvin Tatum for Kelvin's own podcast, which is called Tatum Talks, and it'll be out uh, later this week. But a long chat with Ollie Allen, who's uh, the joint team manager of uh, the Great Britain team. Um, We discuss everything that you've possibly could ever want to know about uh, the situation with Great Britain heading into this tournament. But here's just a little snippet of it. And uh, it's um, Ollie and, and I and, and Kelvin talking about Roslav as a venue um, and how really, when you consider Dan Bewley and Ty Woffenden, it's their home track in Poland and a lot of experience around there that we shouldn't be fearing anything heading into this tournament. It's a good venue for us. Um, I think... I mean, obviously, we've we've got two riders that it's their home track. So, so Dan Bewley and, and Ty Woffington have done a lot of laps there. Um, Robert likes it. Um, and I, I think in general, even if it wasn't a, a, a home track for a couple of our riders, I, I think it's a good, fair racetrack that, you know, if, if you're on form and you're riding well, then you, you've got a chance. If you've got speed, you'll win races. Um, so... Yeah, I think I think it's like you say, Kelvin. It has been kind to us in the past, um, but regardless of that, I, I still think it's a venue that we'd be looking forward to. You can't take every single rider um, to the tournament, and it must be very hard deciding on who to take. But I just wondered if you can talk us through. Um, firstly, sort of your your scouting process, how you keep tabs on all the different riders, and how you make a decision really of, of who you're going to take what does it boil down to and and um, people will look at the British form of course of, of riders but sometimes especially as you've alluded to there obviously this is happening in Poland and how important is the Polish form of these riders going going into this tournament yeah I, I knew we'd touch on that um, it you're right you, you you do look at first of all you when, when it comes to picking the team for the World Cup you as soon as the venues announced you know, last year, you, you're thinking already about who would go well there. And then, and you, you're always keeping an eye on certain people and, and seeing what their form's like. Um, and, and I think when it comes to picking a team for, for a world championship event, you look at, the first thing you've got to look at is where it's held. You know, what, what track is it on? You know, who who has Polish experience? Who has... Um, who's riding there regularly for me that that counts a lot i think if i you know if this event was in the uk then then maybe the squad looks different um but it's not um it's so so we we're looking at riders that that have experience out there because as as Kelvin will tell you, um, and I'm sure he better do. The Polish league, <laughs> no, sorry, Polish Polish speedway is very different. I say very different. You know, you're all turning left. Just you know, it's the same bikes and everything like that. But it, it is a, it is a different ball game completely. And you can be you can be very quick at Wolverhampton on a Monday, but when you turn up to Roslav on a Sunday, if you've not got the right gear and you've not got the right riding style as well, that's another thing. Then then you'll be slow and you'll be eaten alive. So. 
that, that does come into it. The first three picked themselves. You've named Ty as your captain. Um, Ty's form at Grand Prix this year hasn't been as good as it might be. Does that concern you, Ollie? Because obviously, you know, the poor Prague... Um, mm. he's not going as well as he has been in Grand Prix, certainly the last two seasons. And um, Or do you feel that maybe potentially riding in the World Cup, that will inspire him to, to ride to his best again? Um, historically, for us, regardless of Ty's form at that time, whenever he competes for us in, in, in a Great Britain event, he's, he's fantastic. He's brilliant. He raises his game. Um, he was brilliant at Bellevue before he got injured. I think at Voyens he got, he had a zero and then five wins in the semi, and I think like Ty's performance in Voyens was the the most dominant of any individual rider in from any team it, that that in that um, Speedway Nations um, prior to him getting an injury an off track injury. Um, I just think I think Ty yeah. Ty loves racing for Great Britain. I think he is he he's really motivated to ride. And I think he thrives on being a leader. I think Ty's one of those people where the more pressure you, I think the better he is. Um, and he, he, he loves being number one and loves being captain because I, I just think that builds him up a little bit and he performs better. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think it, it, it suits him. He, you know, he, he wants to lead the team. Um, I, I think you know, at the moment, Dan and, and Ty, uh, sorry, Dan and Robert are, their, their form in the Grand Prix is better than, than Ty's. But I, I, I don't have any, any doubts over him when it comes to, to these team events. The other thing is, in Ty's head, and I know this from speaking to him, he feels like he's not won a medal yet. Because when we won in Bellevue, Ty was injured. When we got a silver last year, Ty was injured. Yeah. Now he took his, he took part in the, sort of qualifying process but he is he is desperate to win a gold medal for the team and doesn't even class the gold because of you as his because he feels like he didn't do it so he, he i know how motivated he is for this so um I, yeah i don't have my doubts about time Ollie Allen, the joint team manager of the Great Britain Speedway team, along with uh, Simon Stead, of course. And you can hear more of that interview on Kelvin Tatum's own podcast, which is called Tatum Talks. And uh, that will be uh, fully out later this week. But a long, long, much longer chat with uh, Ollie Allen about the uh, British team and uh, the riders that make that up. And uh, also a look through the the rest of the the World Cup stuff, a full World Cup preview, looking at all the sides and uh, much more as well. So that will be around uh, later in the week. You just search for uh, Tatum Talks Speedway and uh, you'll find it. Um, right now, though, let's uh, get back on track for this episode. And, uh, well, our next guest is uh, a man we've already heard from, but Mark Lemon, who is not only the team manager of Bellevue, but, of course, the Speedway of Nations winning manager of the Australian Speedway team as well. And they've got a cracking lineup and a cracking selection of riders to choose from. Uh, and uh, it's a busy week for Lemo because, of course, you've still got your, your meeting with uh, Bellevue and Sheffield. Uh, heading over the Pennines on Thursday and then uh, straight off to Roslav, I guess. So it's, it's a busy time for you and and, uh, and the boys. Well, I'll, just, I'll just change my jacket and my cap, shall I? Um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, quick change. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's you know, 
we're in a very fortunate position, uh, Australia, that we do have the depth. You know, um, you know, you look at the number of riders that we have over here. You know, in in Europe, it's to, to above thirty, uh, which is pretty good when you compare it against a lot of other nations. So we we have a lot of good competitive riders out there to choose from. Um, even you know, you mentioned that the squad of ten is probably you know, you know Josh Pickering and, and Justin Sedgman. You know, two that probably you know have had pretty good form this season that, that missed the cut. And but you've got to you know you draw draw the line and. And if I, it comes down to the you know, the nitty gritty of it all, it's probably we focus more on the, where the World Cup is staged and it's been on this year. So you, you've got to sort of challenge your thoughts more around the Polish form and the leagues and, and the, the standards, what level they're riding at. Um, and, and that probably really comes back down to the, the final choices as well. So got to narrow that down um, tomorrow, um, which is not a very easy decision to make. But uh, you know, someone's going to be getting be disappointed, and someone's going to be ecstatic. So it's, but it's cause one, one, one aim, and ambition that we have as a collective. So you know, the good thing about these, as much as they're probably, be, you know, the ones going to be disappointed, it's about you know trying to win the main goal for Australia. So we all woke up last year as a group, and um, we go into this, you know, or Spirit Nations, I should say, as a, and we go into the World Cup as a group. Of course, as you say, you've got this momentum in your in your sails here, having won the Speedway of Nations, and these riders, uh, are, say in some cases, ride to e- with each other in in the leagues as well. In your group, uh, you're separate from Great Britain. You're in semi final two. You've got Denmark, Finland, and France in your semi final. Denmark, I guess, are the danger team there. They've got some uh, well known riders. Nicky Pedersen has selected himself, and he's the team manager. Leon Madsen, Anders Thompson. Mikkel Mikkelsen, Michael Jepsen Jensen, Rasmus Jensen, some some big names from uh, European Speedway, some well-known names from British Speedway as well for the fans to keep an eye on. But uh, never underestimate the likes of Finland and France because there's always a little bit of a surprise in one of the in these uh, sort of competitions, aren't there? Yeah, naturally you want to avoid the race off, you know, you know, like uh, it's just a, you know one of those meetings you just do not want to be in. Uh, anything can happen, and we we saw it some years ago. I think a certain Greg Hancock, you know, had a twenty-one. Maximum and you know nearly pipped us in the race off and Russia beat us in uh, 2007 in the, the race off without you know Grisha Laguda and, and their team. So um, that's the meaning we, we definitely want to avoid. So the, the more importance uh, on the semi final. You know you mentioned Denmark, probably you know, two really strong nations. Uh, France probably just lacked the depth. Um, to get the, the four good riders, uh, but they still have some pretty good riders, um, you know, heading them themselves. But yeah, Denmark's our, our, our probably our nearest rival for that that event, and you know, we can't underestimate them. And uh, yeah, they've got some good form. They've got three riders in the Grand Prix, so it's 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 kind of level playing field when it comes to the team team picking. In the grand final, of course, Poland are already assured to be there, um, being the hosts. You would argue, perhaps, that outside of Bartosz Szmarszlik, that some of their other stars, like Janowski and um, Patrick Dudek, maybe a little bit, bit more inconsistent of late than than perhaps they have been in previous years, and maybe that gives uh, everyone a, a little bit of hope, potentially. But uh, nonetheless, the, of course, on home shale, they are likely to be a formidable opposition. Yeah, you would never rule Poland out in Poland. Um, you know, they haven't had that much success come to um, you know, winning events in their home country. Um, so the record passed, you know, sort of probably the pressure maybe a little bit. I uh, hope that's going to be the case this time around. But, uh, and I still, I still don't like, you know, how our home nations get straight through the final. You know, it's, it's a World Cup competition. You know, you should be there on merit. Uh, if you, if you 
to make the final, you shouldn't just be seated. But uh, I understand why they do it. But for me, I, I think you know you could have two places, you know, from the the, you know, the semifinals uh, um, go through, or you know, uh, there's a better way to do it, I think, than just see the, the nation straight through. But you know, I don't make the rules. We just have to like deal with what we've got. Um, and for Australia's point of view. Uh, uh, and you know, you look at uh, the other semi-final. You know, Sweden and, and Britain. Uh, great, Great Britain obviously got uh, some depth this year. Now with obviously three Grand Prix riders, um, and Sweden. You know, they're, they're probably not as uh, strong on paper, but uh, it's just it's really strange when you come into a World Cup campaign and the teams get together. The intensity level just raises that you know bar even more. You know, I, I think you know for us as Aussies, we certainly. I prefer the, the Speedway World Cup. You know, we love the competition, and we, we've been waiting for this moment. And uh, you know, we we actually made a pact on the, the podium last year uh, when we won the Speedway Nations. But uh, you know, we're going for the, the 23 uh, Speedway World Cup. Well, you got the wind in your sails and the momentum from the Speedway of Nations last year, of course. Um, one thing that's different this year for fans is the well, the land managers, I suppose, as well. The one to five that you pick, rider number five, is is a wild card, is a, a reserve that you can put in five times, but you can choose where they go. But that can be any rider this time. It doesn't have to be an upcoming young rider or anything like that. You can put Bartosz Szmarszlik at number five if you're the Polish manager, and you can choose which heat he goes in you can play him as you see fit and make sure that he has the the favored gate every time or, or what have you have you had any thoughts about how you're going to work that and it's going to be fascinating to see how the different managers work this system if, if they are going to work it to its um to its possible potential yeah it's it's, it's, it's very challenging but honestly like, you know do you, you you risk it uh putting your, your best rider at reserve and just slotting in anywhere and potentially with the, the best gates or like loading the, the, the event at the end of the night, um, you know, you, you keep it sort of a, you know, a constant sort of program for the boys so that they know where they're at uh, on a level playing field. You know, it has its pros and cons, but, uh, you know, as a probably, a, you know, a rider, you probably don't prefer because, you know, you want to know where you're going out and you can get the mindset um, to switch on and switch off, whether you start at and all of a sudden it's, you know, you know the green light's on and you're out there and you're throwing you know, heat after heat, it can be quite tough on the machine, or alone the, the man. But yeah, we're interesting what what some of the managers do. Uh, we've got a uh, an idea what how we're going to uh, play it out. But um, I, I think probably the organisers, the FIM, definitely um, have got the the, the, the tournament uh, much more configured out, configuration better because you can go into the race off with your your to five, and you're not stuck with that for the whole tournament. So you can actually change it. So if you go to the race off, you can readjust that one to five from any of your uh, riders out of the squad. And same for the final. So I think that gives you a lot more scope that you can use your your, your squad better. Um, but I think if you're on form and you're, you're going into like be challenging for the World Cup, you're pretty much not going to want to change too so it's all to race for, literally, in the Monster Energy FIM Speedway World Cup, and it gets underway next week. On um, Tuesday, that's July 25th, it's semi-final one featuring Great Britain, Sweden, the Czech Republic and Germany. And then we've got semi-final two the day after on the Wednesday, Australia, Denmark, Finland and France. The winners of those semi-finals go, of course, straight through to the main final event. Uh, then the uh, second and third place teams in both semi-finals go through to the race-off, and uh, only the winner 
gets through to the final from there. So it's the two semi-final winners, the race-off winner and Poland in the World Cup final. So uh, one to watch out for. And of course, it will be on Discovery Plus and Eurosport uh, for those uh, events next week. Another event that is taking place very soon, another FIM event, and with a difference coming to the National Speedway Stadium in Manchester, is the FIM World Flat Track Championships, uh, which comes to the National Speedway Stadium on August the 5th. Now, this is something a little bit different, but it does have a lot of similarity with Speedway. Um, it can be different, though, because on the tracks, it depends where they're riding, but they they have the unique thing where they slide the bike the opposite direction to what Speedway fans are used to, but uh, not always. And I know you have had some flat track at the National Speedway Stadium already, haven't you? And it is popular with Speedway riders in general. But tell us about this uh, event that's happening very soon. Something for Speedway fans to be to be able to immediately relate to, but uh, a different uh, a different form of the sport in some many ways. Yeah, that's true. Like some some tracks have dog legs, so they actually can you know turn, um, and that that's quite interesting. But in this area. The FIM have got the Flat Track World Championship up and running um, in a multiple uh, series. It's not the first uh, time this has happened, but it's the first time it's come to the UK. We're delighted just to, to be able to host the, the first round of the, the Flat Track World Championship. Uh, and you've got you know, competitors coming from all over the globe. So you've got someone um, from America, got, uh, Jared uh, Brooks coming from Australia, and there's a host of Italians and, and other foreigners. Like The Italians are really dominating the sport at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But you know, you've got a couple of local Guys, Jack Bell and um, Tim Nee. Uh, so they're, they're pretty quick around here. They've been here and had some uh, testing, and then we've got some more testing on August the 31st. Uh, 31st so that the fans can come and sort of see it firsthand to get a, a glimpse of what's going to happen August the 5th. But uh, really excited about it. You know, to have a you know, world championship you know, event in this fantastic stadium we have here in Manchester is, is, is what it was built for. Rumbling, you know, machines go around there with these, uh, you know, six in a race um, there's 32 competitors uh, it's going to be a pretty red hot show yeah looking forward to it and unlike Speedway what's happened with flat track is that the you know the engines the manufacturers of the bikes are more mainstream companies you know the likes of Honda or, or whoever are involved in in making the engines and so you've got riders who are sponsored by these um, companies, you know, factory riders as such, which you don't tend to get so much in in Speedway. I know riders in flat track have huge sponsorship deals, and it's it's a different world to Speedway from from that aspect, isn't it? Yeah, the the manufacturers are definitely getting behind this. Um, it's really great to see, um, and I, I can see it, the sport expanding. But you know, a lot of us, uh, Speedway riders, you know, practice in the in the, in the winter uh, on you know the flat track bikes, like convert their cross bikes and. Uh, the tires on and just lower the suspension and um, and go out there and have a skid. I mean, like Dan Bewley, you know, he's got a flat track bike himself and he, he spends many a time down here having a, a practice and he's quite envious of competition. So, yeah, and is it, it, we've had many a pass for Spiro to be quite successful flat trackers. So, yeah, there's definitely a link. Um, and I, like I said, there are more in a race, uh, more races, and, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty on the subject of FIM events, you know, one of the questions that always comes up is: is why doesn't Bellevue have 
a Grand Prix and uh, you know it's one of the questions are there going to be more major events at Bellevue because it's such a great track there is always that um, question about getting the people in there in, in sufficient numbers I know that it has been explored a little bit over the last year or two about whether you could get a, a Grand Prix to work in Manchester is there any further update on that and, and anything on the horizon that you can see um, Bellevue hosting in, in the uh, near or, or distant future uh, with regard uh, to something like that yeah you know, in a pipe dream it'd be fantastic to have a grand prix at manchester uh, and you know i think you know i, I too you know, would be you know you know absolutely in awe if it was a grand prix here you know that the racing we have like say for the peter craven when we have uh, 16 of the best riders you know around this track it just it's phenomenal uh it deserves you know a grand prix capacity is obviously the major concern um but when you see some of the Grand Prix that you're on the circuit at the moment, um, you, you kind of scratch your head and wonder why you know Manchester hasn't probably got one, and maybe not as a second Grand Prix in the in the UK. But yeah, you know, I'm sure there's there's challenges for, for that reason why why there isn't. Um, but yeah, maybe one day. So, but, yeah, hope to see. Keep your fingers crossed. Okay, watch this space with interest. Um, one other event that is going on at the National Speedway Stadium soon, the ATPI Women's Academy, which was launched a couple of weeks ago with the support of the FIM. And this is a world-leading programme um, to improve the participation of uh, women in the sport of speedway. Katie Gordon and Selena Liebman were there. And Selena, surely the world's leading female rider of this moment in time. And from what I hear, it's potentially we're not too far away from seeing her and other female riders uh, get selected into teams in the UK now. Do you feel that as a team manager we're a, we're a million miles away from that day? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think probably the numbers of women participation is probably the, the, the downside what probably hasn't picked up enough. Um, yeah, I think the sport itself has probably hasn't been inclusive enough and that needs to change. And this Women's Academy, you know, backed by the FIM uh, Women's Commission, absolute fantastic concept and something that's been long overdue i mean we it's you look at other um dis, uh, disciplines in uh, motorcycling and there's women's activities you know you know abound and um speedway's just not not really gripped it uh, uh but it's it's nothing new to see women racing speedway bikes uh, i mean i've had uh, back in 2001 i think it was you know we had jessica lamb race for somerset and then the what was then was like the second tier the the, the premier league i think it was called um, but yeah, you talked about Selena Lieben. Uh, yeah, a talent on a motorbike, uh, definitely holds her own, um, at, at any level. Uh, and she, I know she wants to come and race in the UK. So I, I, I'm very surprised not to see her racing here in the UK next year. And, and that'd be an absolutely great, you know, injection for British Speedway. Um, not because it's like a box ticking exercise that we need, we, you know, we need to tick. But, you know, she's competitive and uh, I think you know, she'll inspire a lot of other women to, to take the sport up. And if we can do that, that's great. I think we need to create more opportunity in Speedway uh, for people to get involved. You know, it's one of these one of these niche sports that, like, you seem to have to be a generation kind of, you know, member of the family to get involved in the sport because uh, it's just sort of hard to sort of have doors open for you. But uh, And that's got to change. So. This is a step in the right direction. Uh, pretty excited to see the, the Women's Academy here in Manchester. It's the first time in the UK. Uh, it's, you know, it happened last year in Germany. Um, we've got like you know, women from traveling all over the globe for it. Um, so it's, it's hopefully going to be the, the start of a new generation of women in, uh, in Speedway. Um, but yeah, I think they've got 16 uh, women you know, set up for this event. Um, it's going to go over two days, the 4th and the 5th of uh, August, uh, Friday the 4th and the 5th. And um, 
you know, that's going to be pretty cool. We've got Jason Crump and Greg Hancock going to be on hand for you know, cheering these uh, these women. Um, and we're obviously going to have a, a fans evening on the Friday night in the stadium here as well. So, you know, the guest speakers will be Jason and, and Greg. So, sure for everyone to come and join in that. But uh, it'd be great for these women to sort of, you know, you know, rub shoulders with the likes of Greg and Jason to get, you know, some of their knowledge. Um, and like I said, I, I felt like probably in the past they just haven't, been felt inclusive enough and i think this is this academy is definitely changing that so it's um great to see and can't wait to you know see the girls in action especially around this track you know in manchester you know it's it's probably the perfect place for them you know well, it's per- perfect place for any racer to be quite honest but uh you know and probably a little bit jealous that uh, they're going to get out there and have the you know practice on the track all day long but uh, i'm sure they're going to enjoy it and selena lieberman went on katie gordon's bike and she went around red car i think it was and I think matched the uh, heat time that was the same as, as Danny King the day before or, or something like that. So it was uh, very, very quick and, you know, on par, absolutely on par with, with the meeting the, the day before. And, and she was riding on a track that probably wasn't as quite as well prepared, you, you could argue as well. But uh, also shows that Katie Gordon's bike's got some speed in it too. Uh, I think Katie Gordon's bike, uh, you know, got a bit of a thrashing and, uh, you know, needed a few more parts after she, she left it. So, um, you know, Katie's going to have to, like, step that uh, the, the standards up on machinery. But uh, I think this is a good thing about it, like, you know, getting more active and more involved and, and seeing this, um, you know, the merge, um, you know, whether, you know, it's man or woman, it's just a really good thing. But pretty excited about it. But, you know, just seeing Selena in action, like, she rides a bike really nice and, like, got great style and, you um, our, our very own Norik Baldoon, you know, he uh, he's been uh, in past races, and you know, I, I as a national manager for Australia, I think it was back in 2014, and you know, in Prague for the 250 World Championship, uh, she took some pretty big scalps in that competition too. Okay, well, look, good luck with that and the Flat Track Championships and, of course, uh, everything that's coming up for the Bellevue Aces and Team Australia in the Monster Energy FIM Speedway World Cup next week. And uh, thanks for joining us, as ever, Mark Lemon. All right, thank you very much for your time. Coming up in the final part of No Breaks, No Fear, well, there's more Bellevue Aces content because we have the British Under-21 champion, Connor Bailey, who's a rising star with the Aces and also a rider for the Red Car Bears and the Workington Comets, sealed the Under-21 Championship at Glasgow last weekend. We also look ahead to the event coming up at Glasgow this weekend, the final of the BSN series. And we've also got a chat with Paul Stark as well, who's a new addition to the Birmingham Brummies. All on the way in the final part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Into part three and a few things to get through before we finish this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. And we turn our attention to the British Under-21 Championship, which happened in Glasgow on Sunday afternoon. And down in the grand final, it really was a matchup of uh, four of the top rising stars of British Speedway. Connor Bailey, Dan Jilks, Anders Rowe and Dan Thompson fighting it out for the crown. Connor Bailey is really winding it on here into the final lap. The under-21 championship. What a move from Connor Bailey. This is going to go right down to the line. Connor Bailey in the final lap over Dan Thompson. What a thrilling end to this afternoon of Speedway. And it's Connor Bailey who becomes the British under-21 champion. And what a finish to that race. 
All four riders playing their part there. And what a result for Connor Bailey. It really was a superb afternoon of racing. Some of the closest racing I've seen all year. Probably some of the closest racing you're likely to see all year anywhere, to be honest. With a couple of races going right down to the finish line. And Connor Bailey there at one point was fourth in that race. And uh, lap by lap, he clawed a position back, finishing at the end in first, of course. But it was all thanks to a superb move, a great and very brave dive bomb up the inside that Chris Harris himself will be absolutely proud of. And he's been reflecting on that move and the win with Greg Blair on BSN. That was the 50-50 coin flip whether it's the fence or the trophy so <laughs> yeah no he gave me the room to be fair and uh, it looks a lot harsher than I felt it was when I was on the track but you know it's it, a, you got to do what you got to do it's yeah, win it's or a, lose it's a British final you know you've got to do you've got to you can't make friends on the track when you're doing that you've got to go out and do whatever it takes but all day I mean I have to say I did tip you at the start of this meeting I've never done it on camera I wish I did but I did say if I was a betting man because your form at the moment has been fantastic you've been riding really well for uh, for working in you're doing great things at Redcar as well and now you're up at Bellevue as well now so things are going really good for you Yeah I think being busy is really good um, I'm doing a lot of riding and I'm just very familiar on the bike you know you wouldn't chuck it around like that if you're not feeling the bike so yeah I'm, I'm just enjoying being busy we only get to do it for half the year so I'm just taking everything that's offered and uh, yeah see what comes of it well there you go well congratulations again Connor on winning the British under 21 t- title I will let you go and get celebrating with everyone uh, I've got a bike wash now you got a bike wash <laughs> now Bellevue tomorrow curse of being busy but well there you I'll go yeah, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'll find some time to celebrate <laughs> it and uh, try get some sleep tonight yeah absolutely thank you very much so from winning a title to doing a bike wash and that's exactly what he did around the back of Glasgow Stadium after the event at Connor Bailey. Congratulations to him on becoming the 2023 British Under 21 champion. It was a terrific battle and three of the four riders led the race at one point. One of those and the leader for the majority of the race in fact was Dan Thompson and uh, Connor Bailey finding his way through into the final lap and he's also been speaking to Greg Blair on BSN. Yeah, I mean, Glasgow's not a track I've enjoyed before and I've never had any good results around this. So uh, I didn't have high expectations going into today as well as I've been a formal season, really. I haven't, haven't found my feet at all. And uh, no, it was definitely a good performance to put in today and uh, good, I couldn't hang on to that in the final. And has that lifted the confidence for you a little bit? You know, you're saying that you've not had the, the best of the time so far. Is that today's meeting, you know, you went out there, you've beat some really strong riders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen uh, obviously a lot of comments of people of being in the Premiership and that's in um, one of the weakest rising stars and that. So uh, it was definitely good to put in a shift today and uh, beat a lot of them who were in the uh, the top league with me. Exactly that. But you get these keyboard warriors all the time. It's, uh, it's quite a lot of Speedway fans do like uh, having, a com- having to moan about something. They're never happy unless they're moaning. But I think your performance today, you know, you made it in, you got to the final, you led the final for quite a while and Conor Bailey just kept winding up and going around the outside. And, you know, I think he was either going to be in, in the bottom of the fence or he was going to win it. That was the only way he was going to do it. But you uh, you rode really well and it was very impressive to see. And you, when, when have you got your next meeting? Because you'll have your debut coming up for Plymouth soon, do you? Yeah, I mean, I've meant to start for Plymouth the uh, last week I think and I've had four rain-offs with them already so uh, yeah I'm at um, Bellevue tomorrow with Ipswich that's been a really enjoyable experience and they've been really really good to me so uh, I'm grateful for that and uh, just looking to keep enjoying my racing. And you'll be getting quite a lot of uh, like great experience riding there as well I mean the guys will be looking after you'll be learning the whole time you're there. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Emil, Jason, Danny at Ipswich, they're all uh, really helpful to me. And obviously it's tough as a youngster being on a track like Ipswich as well, the way it's prepared. It's uh, really tough, but I'm learning and uh, that's the main thing is uh, just to keep pushing now. So uh, a big day at Ashfield and, uh, well, for Glasgow Tigers, it's a big week ahead in the Cab Direct Championship. And looking back, first of all, to uh, their fixture last week, where the Tigers made it six wins out of six in the Cab Direct Championship with uh, number one Chris Harris scoring a spectacular 15-point maximum at Birmingham. He went through the card from five rides on his old home track as the Tigers won 53-36, Tom Brennan adding 11-plus-2 and reserve Al. Alfie Botel getting in on the action as well, clocking up 14 from seven outings for the Brummies, who were unable to field Nick Morris at number one after he was deemed unfit to race in the build-up to the meeting. There was no facility available. We'll talk more about that in a second. For the uh, Birmingham Brummies, uh, they, of course, uh, gave a debut to Paul Stark on his first appearance for the Brummies uh, since making the move from the Plymouth Gladiators. And he's been chatting after the meeting to Ryan Guest. Well, Paul Stark, obviously, from uh, from the off with everything that, that happened tonight, uh, the Brummies always up against it. Oh, it's always going to be tough. Um, yeah, just uh, against it from the word go. But, yeah, I struggle, I think, um, just to set up and personal fitness, I think, so I haven't been on the bike for a while, so it was a bit of sweating. But, yeah, we were against it, and, uh, yeah, it was always going to be tough, but we, you know, we fought hard, and I struggled, but I'll get there. When you haven't had a competitive team fixture for, for a month oh, or, yeah. or over a month, yeah. it's always going to be tough, but uh, certainly can see some encouraging signs from those last two outings. Yeah, well, once we changed, you know, once I got back into it a bit in the last two, um, we started to get going a bit and started to mix it up, and I think it was a big exciting, actually, at times, so, yeah, it was good to watch, maybe, um, but, yeah, I want to get some wins on the board next time, and uh, we'll certainly do that. Yeah, um, and like you say, the, the, the team situation is what it is at the minute, yeah. we'll wait and see on that, but uh, next week against Paul, it's going to be uh, certainly tough another, another tough. It is, you know, they're a good side, but, you know, we're capable of it. If we all do it on the, we all do it at the same time on, on the day, then I'm sure we'll, we'll smash it, and, you know, from my personal point of view, I'll, I'll bring more to the table, and uh, hopefully we'll have um, team problem sorted by then yeah and what was it like being back here at Perry Bar I think you've only been back three times since yeah. since you left in 2014 I mean yeah it was 10 years ago really wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that's you know great track great place you know I know so many people there and had some uh, some fond memories so um, good to be back and hopefully we can stay and put on a put on a show and a performance for you so there's Paul Stark of the Birmingham Brummies. As was mentioned in that chat, it wasn't the ideal start to the meeting with the Brummies hamstrung throughout their 53-36 loss to Glasgow with number one racer Nick Morris deemed unfit to race shortly before the scheduled start time after failing to comply with the alcohol and doping test procedure for which he's now been suspended pending an SCB court hearing. Uh, similarly, there's also been changes to the lineup at Leicester as a result with Troy Batchelor filling his spot uh, in the Leicester team. So uh, not an ideal situation. And of course, there'll be more on that uh, when the procedures uh, are held with the SCB. Well, elsewhere in the Cab Direct Championship, the Oxford Cheetahs maintain their unbeaten record at the top of the Cab Direct Championship table with a 54-36 win over Edinburgh at Cowley last week. Skipper Scott Nichols kept up his stunning run of form throughout the season so far with 16 plus one from six rides as the Cheetahs overcame the absence of broken collarbone victim Lewis Kerr. Jordan Jenkins added 11. Sam Masters picked up 10 plus one for the home side whilst the Monarchs battled hard, led by Craig Cook, 
with 13 points. The Pool Pirates, meanwhile, produced a strong second-half performance to overcome Berwick, 54-36 at Wimborne Road. The Bandits' number one, Rory Schlein, was in excellent form as he picked up 14 points from six rides against his old club. But the Pirates again proved solid all-round on their own track. Skipper Steve Worrell led the way for the reigning Cab Direct Championship holders with 13 points, including wins in his first four rides, whilst Ben Cook added 10 points. Uh, it's been quite a, a time for uh, rain-offs and, and whatnot over the uh, last week or so, so we have uh, had a number of fixtures uh, become victim to the weather. Hopefully, we'll have better luck this week. And here's a look ahead to the fixtures uh, in the Cab Direct Championship uh, over the course of the week. And it's a big one uh, as we look towards the fixture on Wednesday at Cowley. The Oxford Cheaters versus the Glasgow Tigers, the only two remaining sides unbeaten in the Cab Direct Championship. Uh, one of those sides is going to be beaten uh, on Wednesday evening there. And that one is also live on BSN as the top two in the Cab Direct Championship clash. At Perry Bar, the Birmingham Brummies are up against the Pool Pirates. A bit of a plot twist in this one with Danny King coming in to the Brummies lineup as a uh, as a guest. And, uh, of course, he faces his former side, the side he's captained to back-to-back League and Cup titles. Danny King racing for the Birmingham Brummies on his uh, former home circuit, of course, from way back when. That could be a wise choice of guest by Stuart Dixon there. We'll wait and see, uh, of course, on that one. They've got their own uh, local live stream uh, from the Birmingham Brummies website if you want to catch uh, that one. Looking ahead to other fixtures coming up then on Friday, we have uh, action at Redcar, the Redcar Bears versus the Scunthorpe Scorpions. We've got some National Development League action as the Bellevue Colts face the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy. And we've also got the next round of the British Youth Championships. In fact, I think it's the final round uh, with Ashton Bowjan set to be crowned the 500cc champion. Uh, the 250cc championships come to a con- Conclusion as well. Uh, and then on um, also on uh, Friday, we've got the final of the BSN series uh, Glasgow Tigers facing the Pool Pirates. And um, that is going to be a big, big fixture, of course, for the Pool Pirates, who are 34 points ahead in that one at the halfway stage. Big task for Glasgow. Can they uh, overcome that lead? Find out, again, that one live on BSN. And then on Saturday, the Berwick Bandits hosting the Edinburgh Monarchs in the Cab Direct Championship at 7pm. Again, again on uh, BSN, that one. Uh, then looking ahead to uh, next week, the uh, action gets back underway uh, next Wednesday in the Cab Direct Championship. The Pirates against the Brummies. Oxford Chargers up against the Kent Royals in the National Development League. Looking at the other NDL fixtures, a fairly quiet week ahead, really. We've uh, mentioned the other fixtures between the Bellevue Colts and the Edinburgh Monarchs Academy. We've got uh, Kent Royals against the Leicester Lion Cubs on Sunday at 12 noon. Uh, and then that's it for the National Development League over the forthcoming week ahead. Quick look at the league tables then as they stand, as we've already touched on really. The um, Cab Direct Championship is led by the Oxford Cheaters. The Glasgow Tigers are in second. The two sides remain unbeaten and face each other on Wednesday. The Pirates are third, six meetings ridden on 11 points. The Scunthorpe Scorpions currently fourth, having ridden nine and on 11. Red Car Bears fifth, seven ridden and seven points. The Birmingham Brummies have ridden seven, have got four points. Edinburgh Monarchs are in seventh, 
having ridden seven meetings and two on the board. And also with two on the board, six ridden, though, the Berwick Bandits and the Plymouth Gladiators at the bottom of the table at the moment. Ridden seven, they've got two points. That's how things look in the Cab Direct Championship. National Development League table. Ever-changing there, the Mildenhall Fentigers lead the way, 9 ridden and 15 on the board. Last year's finalists looking to go one better this year. The Oxford Chargers are in second place, Bellevue Colts third, Leicester Lion Cubs fourth, and then it's the Workington Comets, Edinburgh Monarchs Academy, Kent Royals and the Berwick Bullets, who are on two points and ten meetings ridden. So not going particularly great for the Bullets there. Uh, but uh, we'll keep an eye on the situation. It can change very fast indeed in the National Development League, as we well know. And uh, need to say a huge congratulations to uh, the guys who have been involved uh, away overseas in SGP3 and SGB4. Well done to William Cairns and Cooper Russian on making it to the final of SGP3 on Friday and then on Saturday as well to Oliver Bovington who put in a great performance uh, at SGP4. All great um, experience as well for the guys and uh, well done for representing and getting through to that stage as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a bit of a longer one than uh, normal this week but uh, lots of stuff in there and I hope you found it useful and next week of course we'll be in the middle of World Cup week. Who knows what's going to happen there Uh, but uh, we'll be back with you next week next wednesday for the next episode of no breaks no fear have a great week no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast sports social podcast network